0: Thank you for listening to the Cross Podcast. Today's message is by Senior Pastor Mark Farnell. For more information about Cross Church, visit our social medias or go to our website at crclife.org. We hope you enjoy the message. Psalmist said, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. We are able to rejoice in God's enduring love, we're able to embrace God's enduring love. And we are able to share God's enduring love with one another. Our God is good and he does what is good and he's going to continue teaching us his truth this morning. It is good to be back with you today Uh, from uh, a time away, their family, for vacation. I want to thank Pastor John and Pastor George for preaching the past two Sundays. I know you were blessed by God, yes, I know you were blessed by God through them and God's sermons for us through them. So if you have your Bibles with me, and I hope you do, open them to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 4. We are continuing in our sermon series, Think Well, Live Well. We are learning from the example of Moses how to think and live God's way. Moses was called and equipped by God to go to Pharaoh and to lead God's people, the Israelites, out of bondage in Egypt instead of going with God, Moses had questions for God. His questions ultimately pointed to his lack of faith in God. Like Moses, we at times have questions for God. God asks us to go with him, and we have questions for God. And at times, our questions can get in the way of our faith in God. God welcomes our questions as we go with him by faith, but God doesn't want us to just ask questions and then to determine if we're going to go by faith based on his answers to us. God wanted Moses and he wants us to go with him by faith in him. Questions are fine. God's a big God. He can answer our questions. He can handle our questions. But he wants us to go with him by faith in him. In this episode, in the life of Moses, as we've been learning, Moses didn't go with God because he wanted to get these questions for God Answered. The first question Moses had was, God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and lead the Israelites out of Egypt? God responded to Moses and said, I will certainly be with you. So go, Moses. The second question Moses had was, God, what if I go to the Israelites and they ask me, uh, what is your name? If I tell them that you sent me to them and they ask me, what is your name? What am I supposed to say? God told Moses, tell them I am who I am. Tell them the great I am sent you to them. I am the self-existent, eternal, sovereign ruler over all. I am the Lord. I am Yahweh. I am the God of their fathers. God told Moses, Moses, I will be with you and I will help you answer whatever questions come your way. I'll help you know what to say, Moses. Go. By faith. God then reassured Moses after the second question and God's response to the second question, he reassured Moses, gave Moses amazing reassurance that we find in Exodus chapter three. At the end of chapter three, look with me, beginning in verse 16, go and assemble, God speaking to Moses, go and assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has appeared to me and said, I have paid close attention to you and to what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised you that I will bring you up from the misery of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, Hethites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. They will listen to what you say. Then you, along with the elders of Israel, must go to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Now please let us go on a three day trip into the wilderness so that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. However, I know that the king of Egypt will not allow you to go even under force from a strong hand. But Moses, when I stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my miracles that I will perform in it, after that, he will let you go. And I will give these people such favor with the Egyptians that when you go, you will not go empty-handed. Each woman will ask her neighbor and any woman staying in her house for silver and gold jewelry and clothing, and you will put them on your sons and daughters so you will plunder the Egyptians. God in his wisdom told Moses his plan. God in his grace assured Moses of success. God in his purpose called Moses to go by faith. All Moses had to do at this point at the end of chapter 3 was go with God by faith in God. God's plan for Moses called for faith from Moses. What God did with Moses years and years ago, God does with you in me today. God has told us in His wisdom His plan for us. God's plan for us is to go and make disciples of all nations for Jesus. God has called us to go and make disciples for Jesus, and God has equipped us to go and make disciples for Jesus. God, in His grace, has assured us of success. Jesus told us in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Notice in Acts 1.8, Jesus said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses. God always empowers us to fulfill his plan and purpose for us. God assures us today of success in his plan for us, not in our plan for us. In his plan for us. God's plan for us is to go and make disciples of all nations for Jesus. So God placed his Holy Spirit in us when he saved us to empower us to go and make disciples of all nations for Jesus we fulfill God's plan and purpose in God's power and wisdom, not ours. So God in his wisdom told us his plan for us. God in his grace assured us of success. God in his purpose called us to go by faith. God's plan for you and me always calls for faith from us. Failure to fulfill God's purpose and plan is on us, not God. Failure To fulfill God's purpose and plan. When we fail to fulfill God's purpose and plan, God hasn't failed. Our failure at times to fulfill his purpose and plan is based on our sin, our disobedience to God, our lack of faith in God. Thankfully, God forgives us when we confess our sin to him. God restores us in our fellowship with him. And then God empowers us to continue fulfilling his purpose and plan for us. Our part, just like Moses, God was trying to get this through to Moses. We have the benefit of the word of God. We have the benefit of the testimony of Moses. Because the same point God was trying to get through to Moses thousands of years ago, he tries to get through to us today. And that is our part is to go with God by faith in God. That's our part each day, to go with God by faith in God. He leads, we follow. And it's so comforting and it's so encouraging for us to know as we go with God, God will not leave us, fail us, or forget us, he won't. He will never leave us, fail us, forget us. It's comforting for us to know that God's eyes, God's eyes are on us and his ears are open to our cry for help. And so whatever it is that God's calling you to do, you know what he's calling you to do. He's been working in you this past week. He's been working in you these past few days. Maybe he's been working in you this past month. Maybe he's been working in you in these past hours here this morning. You know what God's calling you to do. God's probably calling you to do several different things. His purpose and plan for having you here this morning is to get encouragement, to get instruction so that you can then go with him by faith in him. And what God may call you to do may require you to go with Him by faith in Him here in just a few moments during the invitation time. It may call you to go with Him by faith in Him after the services here on campus. It may call you to go with Him by faith in Him here, but also out in your ministry to your congregation this week. Maybe today, maybe tonight. Maybe it'll be through a phone call, maybe it'll be through a text. Maybe it'll be through a person-to-person meeting. God wants us to go with Him by faith. Him—that's what He was doing with Moses. He kept calling Moses, "Go," and Moses continued with his questions. So let's jump back into the passage, chapter four, verse one. Let's look at how Moses responded to God after God gave him this answer after his second question chapter 4 verse 1 Moses answered what if they won't believe me and will not obey me but say the lord did not appear to you Let's stop there this is the third question hesitation objection from Moses. Now, we just read at the end of chapter 3, the Lord God Almighty told Moses, the elders will listen to what you say, and they will go with you. And the response of Moses is, God, what if they don't believe me and obey me? In other words, God, what if you're wrong? This third question, we said, God, what if you're wrong? Fear and doubt had found a home inside Moses. Moses was afraid of rejection by the elders of Israel. Moses was afraid of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Moses was afraid the Israelites wouldn't believe him. Moses was afraid he wasn't up for the task that God had called him to. Fear and doubt had found a home in Moses. I love what one Bible scholar said. He said, it was good when Moses had no confidence in himself, but it was bad when he lacked confidence in God. Listen, one of the best, best faith statements we can make on a day-by-day basis as followers of Jesus is this simple faith statement. I can't God, but you can. Say that with me. I can't God, but you can. Simple faith statement for you and for me, day after day after day, I can't God, but you can. At this point in the life of Moses, in this episode, Moses said this, I can't God, and what if you can't? I can't God, and and what if you can't? The grace and patience of God is on full display with Moses here in this episode. Remember, God was speaking to Moses through the burning bush that didn't burn up, which should have been all the evidence Moses needed to believe God and to believe God would do what he said he would do. He was literally speaking to Moses through a burning bush, and yet Moses wasn't quite ready. And this story just keeps getting better And better watch this let's get back Exodus 4 beginning in verse 2 the Lord asked him so the Lord's gonna respond to Moses said what is that in your hand a staff Moses replied throw it on the ground God said so Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it the Lord told Moses stretch out your hand and grab it by the tail so he stretched out his hand and caught it and it became a staff in his hand Moses, get this now. You see this? I know you're seeing this just like I'm seeing it. This is amazing. Moses threw his staff on the ground. It became a snake and he ran, which makes total sense. That makes complete sense. Remember, I know you do, remember Moses didn't have shoes on. Because God had told him, take off your sandals because the place you were standing is holy ground. So Moses is standing there, throws the staff on the ground. It becomes a snake, and he turns, and he's gone. Now, I'm not too proud to tell you. I would have done the same thing. I'm telling you right now, I would have taken off As fast as my feet would have carried me on that hot sand, and I'd have been out of there. You know, it's hard to run on sand, but I think I could have done it. I'm pretty sure I could have. So, makes total sense. Get this, minutes later, maybe not even minutes later, seconds later, God tells Moses, pick up the snake by the tail, and he does it. This makes no sense at all makes no sense. Picking up the snake by the tail was almost a sure way for Moses to get bit by the snake. Snake handlers pick up snakes behind the head after they've put a stick on the ground to make sure that they don't get bit by the snake. Watch this. Moses didn't have faith in God to go to the elders of Israel, but Moses had faith in God to pick up the snake by the tail. You know what's funny? How we trust God with some things in our lives, but not with other things. We trust God to save us by his grace through our faith in Jesus. We trust God to rescue us from the domain of darkness and transfer us in the kingdom of the Son he loves in Jesus Christ. We trust God to create in us a new heart. We trust God to make us new creations in Christ Jesus. We trust God to give us new life, abundant life, eternal life with him in Christ Jesus. We trust God as we cry out to God to change us from the inside out in Christ Jesus, and yet we don't trust God to provide for us. We'll turn around at times and say, yeah, you know about that baptism thing. Not going to do that. Yeah, you know, yeah, I trust God to save me, but committing my time to God, committing my talents to God to serve Commit my treasures to God to give. No, no. No, I'm not going to do that. Quite honestly, it makes no sense. At all. But I want you to notice the fact that Moses picked up the snake by the tail was evidence that he had faith in God. Moses was engaged. What we see here in this passage, Moses was engaged in the battle of faith versus fear. He was engaged in that very familiar battle of faith versus fear. We engage in the battle of faith versus fear on a daily basis. God, I trust you, but... God, I'm not sure I can trust you. We battle with fear. Fear and doubt find a home in our lives at times very easily. And the truth of the matter is you may be here this morning and you may be right in the middle of a battle of faith versus fear. You may be watching online and your testimony may may be that you are in the midst of a battle with fear maybe battling with fear in regards to relationship. Maybe it's in regard to your own personal health. You've got some challenging news recently. Maybe it's in regards to your job. You're battling with fear that you may lose your job. You're battling with fear that you don't know how it's going to work out in this particular situation. Maybe you're battling with fear in regards to a broken relationship. Maybe it's a marriage issue. Maybe it's an issue with your children. You're battling with fear because you've got a rebellious child and you're not sure what's going to happen. You're not sure what to do. Maybe you're battling with fear as it resolves around a loss of a loved one or maybe a friendship that you're desperately wanting friendships, but you don't seem to be able to uh, have friendships, that you want to bless you, that you're able to, to be blessed by and able to bless, and you're battling with fear. Is it ever going to change? Is, everything, is anything ever going to be different? I want to encourage you. The truth in this passage that we see God so gently and so graciously shares with Moses is true for us today. I believe God's going to encourage each one of us. Today, If you're in the midst of a battle with fear, in the midst of a battle with doubt, whatever the battle you're engaged in, this truth is going to help each one of us to go with God by faith. Just as God was speaking and desiring the same for Moses, he speaks and desires this for us this morning. So we see this amazing scene unfolding. Let's continue in verse 5. This will take place, God continued, so that they will believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. So God reassured Moses. God said, Moses, this will take place. Moses, they will believe you that I appeared to you. Moses, they will go with you. He's reassuring. Almighty God, continue to reassure Moses. The good news for you and me is, and I think we can all give testimony to this, God reassures us by His spirit in us, which is a blessing for us, Amen his reassurance, his spirit who ministers to us is such a blessing for us. And we see his reassurance to Moses. And we know that same reassurance is for you and me today, according to the truth of God's word. Let's continue in verse six. In addition, the Lord said to him, so God's continuing. Now watch what he does. He's continuing. In addition, the Lord said, the Lord knew Moses. Man, he knew exactly what Moses needed. In addition, the Lord said to Moses, put your hand inside your cloak. So He put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took out his hand, it was diseased, resembling snow. It's leprosy. Put your hand back inside your cloak, God said. So he put his hand back inside his cloak, and when he took it out, it had become like the rest of his skin again. If they will not believe you and will not respond to the evidence of the first sign, they may believe the evidence of the second sign. And if they don't believe even these two signs, or listen to what you say, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the Nile will become blood on the ground. Wow. Moses demonstrated his faith in God in this passage, once again, regarding his hand. Notice God gave Moses three signs to reassure Moses. God gave Moses three signs to help Moses go by faith. Two of the signs God performed right there in the present time in front of Moses with the staff in his hand. One sign God would perform in the future if needed. God showed Moses in this moment, once again, that he was sovereign over animals, reptiles, humans, our health, creation, circumstances, and even Egypt. Biblical scholars tell us that snakes and leprosy were greatly feared in Moses' day and time. They tell us as well that the Nile River was the source of life for all of Egypt, the signs from God were meant to point Moses, the elders, and the Israelites to God. God's power, his power through the signs, was meant to fortify the faith of Moses, the elders, and the Israelites so that they would all believe God and obey God. So that the elders and Israelites would believe Moses was speaking to them for God. So that they would believe that God appeared to Moses, spoke to Moses, and that they needed to follow Moses. God was good and gracious with Moses here. Even more so than Moses deserved, certainly. He was good with Moses. He was gracious to Moses. But I want you to see as well, God is good and gracious with you and me today. Amen? So good to us. He's so gracious with us. Far more than we can ever deserve. Far more than we even know how to ask. He's good and he's gracious with us. You know what God has given us signs to reassure us, just like he did Moses. God has given us signs to help us go with him by faith. God has given us signs to reassure us of his purpose for us, his presence with us, and his power in us. These signs from God fortify our faith in God so that we will go with God by faith. These signs are important for us to know. These signs are important for us to embrace. These signs are important for us to share with one another. These signs are important for you or me today, this evening, this week, in regards to God's purpose and plan for us because God has brought us together so that we can be at this point in this passage to hear this truth because of what God's got in store for us in the days to come, beginning right here right now. These signs point us to God. The power that God displays through these signs helps to fortify our faith in God so that we'll go with God on a day-by-day basis, so that we'll do exactly what God wants us to do even this morning, this afternoon, this evening, this week. And so let's look at these signs. I wanna show you three signs, three signs that God has given us to help us go with him by faith. We see these signs throughout the word of God. Uh, they may not be brand new to you, they probably won't be, but they will continue to empower us and bless us day after day after day as we apply this truth in our lives. The first sign is God has placed his spirit in us. God, when he saved us, he placed his spirit in us. Salvation and the Holy Spirit are gifts of God's grace to us in Christ Jesus. God is with us by his spirit in us. We are never alone ever, ever, ever at any point in time in our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit of God is in us. He's with us. The Holy Spirit is our helper. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. The Holy Spirit is our convictor. The Holy Spirit is our encourager. The Holy Spirit is our guide. The Holy Spirit is our sustainer. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. God speaks to us on a daily basis by his spirit in us. This is incredible. I mean, I don't know any other way to say it, but this is incredible. Think about this. God speaks to you and me by his spirit in us on a daily basis. The almighty creator of the universe speaks to us, we can communicate with God, we can talk with God, and we can listen to him speak to us by his spirit in us. This is incredible. It's even more incredible when you begin to understand and realize our God is always at work in us, around us, and through us. It's up to us to recognize he's at work, and God is always speaking to us. So oftentimes, we miss out on what God's saying to us because we don't realize it. We're not focused on it. We're not dwelling on things above. We're dwelling on things of the earth. I can show you how this works. When you hear a sermon, or when I hear a sermon, and when we hear a sermon and we think to ourselves, oh my goodness, that sermon was just for me. How did the pastor know I needed to hear that? The pastor's got my house bugged. I know it, I know it. He somehow got my car bugged. I I need to check when I go back out into the parking lot. How did he know, I've been wrestling with this the past few days, the past week, the past month. How did he know we've been in an argument about this, in conflict about this, sweetheart? How did he know this? I can assure you, that's not the pastor, that's the Holy Spirit through the pastor. That's the Holy Spirit of God speaking to you. The Holy Spirit speaks to us for God. God, the Holy Spirit, dwells in us and he speaks to us. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live God's way and to love God's way. The Holy Spirit empowers us to go with God by faith in God. The Holy Spirit empowers us to go and make disciples of Jesus. The Holy Spirit empowers us to go and be witnesses for Jesus. This is why Paul told us and challenged us and commanded us, walk by the Spirit, not the flesh. The Spirit and the flesh are opposed to each other. The Holy Spirit of God who lives within us and our sinful flesh are opposed to each other. Remember we talked about it? Uh, There's that spiritual tug of war that goes on within us on a day-by-day basis. The Spirit is opposed to the things of the flesh. The things of the flesh are opposed to the Spirit. That's why Paul said walk by the Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit of God will always lead us to walk in obedience to God. The Spirit of God in us will always lead us to the things of God, to the truth of God, to the people of God, to the Word of God, to walk in obedience to God. Our flesh will always lead us away from God. Our flesh will enthrone us as God on our lives. Our flesh will push us to the throne of our lives and push God out of his rightful place. Our flesh leads us away from God. The spirit of God leads us to God. The spirit helps us go with God. That's power. The second sign is God placed his word before us. God placed his word before us. God's word is the lamp for our feet and the light for our path. Paul told us all Scripture is inspired by God. That means it's breathed out by God. It's useful, it's profitable for teaching us, rebuking us, correcting us, and training us in righteousness so that every one of us sitting in this room, everyone hearing this message, every man and woman, boy and girl hearing this message will be complete, equipped, prepared, and ready to do all that God has prepared us to do. God, by His Spirit, takes the Word and teaches us His truths. Jesus prayed for us in John chapter 17. He prayed, sanctify them by your truth. God, your word is truth. Jesus asked God to sanctify us. That means to transform us. That means to set us apart in Jesus and make us more like Jesus by the truth of his word. The truth of God's word fortifies our faith. The truth of God's word fuels our faith. That's why it's so important for us to get in the word each day. Because if not, we're missing out on that fuel, we're missing out on that fortification. And we're less likely to go with God by faith in God if we're not in the word of God. It fuels our faith. I love what Paul said in Romans 15. He said, for everything that was written in the past, for whatever is written in the past, was written for our instruction so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the scriptures. The stories and the testimonies, the successes and failures, the ups and downs, the highs and lows, the blessings and burdens of the men and women in scripture inspire us today to believe God, obey God, and tell others about God. And the good news for you and me, I'm sure you've done this because I've done this. Hey, we've read the end of the book. We win in King Jesus. I win in King Jesus. Say that with me out loud. I win in King Jesus. Say it again with meaning. I win in King Jesus. Hey, it's not going to get much better. We've got the Spirit of God in us. We've got the Word of God before us. The Spirit of God takes the Word of God and helps us to understand this Word. And the Spirit of God helps us to live it out. That's amazing. We win today, we win tomorrow, we win for eternity in King Jesus. So the Spirit helps us go with God. That's our power. The Word teaches us to go with God. That's our instruction. And in the third sign, God placed His people around us. He placed his spirit in us, his word before us, and God placed his people around us. When we received God's gift of salvation by his grace through our faith in Jesus, we became part of God's forever family. We are family. We are brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Whether we like it or not, we're family. Turn to your neighbor, look at them, and smile real big and say, hello, family. We're family in Jesus. We're family, and God wants us to live in unity with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so he's given us a spiritual gift to help us live in unity with one another. God's given us a spiritual gift for the common good. The common good means that God has given each of us a spiritual gift so that we can use that gift to bless one another, to encourage one another, to support one another, to care for one another, to love one another, and to point those who don't know Jesus to Jesus. God's gifts are to be used in God's family, in God's power for God's glory. Our spiritual gifts are never to be a point of pride, they're always to be a reminder of our humility in God and he's given us spiritual gifts. The point is this, the truth is this, we need one another. Living the Christian life, especially today, is not easy. We need one another. God doesn't ask us to live the Christian life alone. God doesn't want us to live the Christian life alone. God wants us to live the Christian life together as family, brothers and sisters in Christ. We bless and are blessed. We comfort and are comforted. We encourage and are encouraged. We challenge and are challenged. We love and are loved. We serve and are served as we go with God together as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. The truth is we're stronger together than we are apart. We're much stronger together than we are apart. Peter understood this. Peter told us in 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning verse 6, he said, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him because he cares about you. Be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him, firm in the faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. We're family together. Paul understood this. Paul told us in Galatians 6, 9, and 10, For let us not grow tired in doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. And therefore, as we have opportunity, let's work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of faith. Paul said, let's especially work together for the good of one another, our brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus. God fuels our faith by our family in Jesus. God encourages us by our family in Jesus. God blesses our lives by our family in Jesus. There's a great possibility that the person you are sitting next to, to your right, to your left, is a blessing from God to you. There's a great possibility that the person that's sitting behind you, that the person that is sitting in front of you, is a blessing from God to you. But understand, you are also a blessing from God to the person sitting next to you to the right or to the left. You are also a blessing from God to the person who is in front of you and the person who is behind you. God has given us these signs to reassure us that we can go with him by faith. God has given us these signs to help us go with him by faith. Whatever it is he's calling us to do today, whatever it is he's speaking, you know it. You know whoever he's calling you to minister to, whoever he's calling you to encourage, whoever he's calling you to get reconciled with, whatever he's calling you to do, he's wanting you to go with him. He's wanting you to trust him, to obey him and to go. And he's reminding you, he's reassuring you that his spirit is in you. His word is before you and his people are around you. Because as we grab onto these signs, they encourage us to go. God's spirit helps us to go by faith. That's our power. God's word teaches us to go by faith. That's our instruction. God's people inspire us to go by faith. That's our encouragement. So let's go, let's follow God by faith in God. If that means getting baptized, you've come to faith in Christ Jesus, you're a follower of Jesus Christ, but you never followed the Lord in believers baptism by immersion after your salvation, then go. If that means Finally, once and for all, surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. You've been coming for a long time. You know a lot about God. You know a lot about Jesus. You may even know a lot about the Word, and yet you've never trusted Jesus as Savior and Lord. You've never surrendered your all to Him. And once again, God's impressing on you. And you know that you know that you know that what He is asking you to do is to place your faith in Jesus, to receive His gift of salvation, Let's go. If God is calling you to minister, to bless, to encourage, maybe through a handshake, maybe through a hug, maybe through a smile, maybe through a prayer, that person to your right or to your left, that person in front or in back, then go. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Don't ask God question after question after question. Just go. Let's go by faith. We're family. We're brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. So let's go with God by faith in God together. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our ministers, our pastors will be standing here at the front. They'd love to pray with you, pray for you, to bless you. If you have a care concern, a burden, a need, they would love to pray with you. They would love to encourage you. I'm also very confident in your brothers and sisters around you. They would love to pray with you and encourage you as well. Sometimes God calls us to go to those because he lets us know we need to go. We need to minister, we need to encourage. Other times God calls us to, we gotta step out of our comfort zone and and go to a brother or sister and ask them to pray for us, ask them to to minister to us because they may not know that burden that we're carrying, but we're family and that's what family does. Bless and encourage and help one another. Let me encourage you, sir or ma'am, if God's calling you to receive his gift of salvation by your faith in Jesus, then, then don't hesitate, don't wait. Jesus took your place on the cross years ago. He paid your price for sin. He died on the cross, the righteous, perfect one, for us, the unrighteous, imperfect ones, so that we could be brought into a relationship with God because our sin separated us from God. And here's nothing we can do to get rid of our sin and get to God on our own. So Jesus died on the cross in our place. He was taken down from the cross. He was buried in the tomb and on the third day, Jesus rose again alive, victorious over sin and death for you and for me. He alone is the only way for us to enter into a relationship with God. We place our faith in Jesus and in his work on the cross, his death, burial and resurrection for us. Scripture says that God counts our sin to Christ on the cross and God counted the righteousness of Christ to us the great exchange our sin for God's salvation by faith in Jesus. Let me encourage you to make that decision. The altar is open as always is for you to come and minister and to encourage one another. That's who we are. That's what we do. We love one another. We encourage one another. We pray with and for one another. Let's not hesitate. Let's move, let's go with God by faith in him. Let's stand and say yes to the Lord.